Have you uh, have you seen the most recent Super Bowl news stuff? I, I thought for sure you were going to ask me if I'd seen the most recent Liver King post, but uh... Uh, Liver King's been in Africa. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's God. Uh, we'll not even go there. <laughs> yeah, he's. He needs to do better with his posting now. I thought they were a little smarter than this. They're yeah. very smart, obviously, yeah. but it really hurts when you go to Africa and you're like, I'm going to go spend time with the tribe, but I stay in the nice hacienda <laughs> over here. That's what <laughs> I do, I'm, too. I'm eating off of plates and things, and it's like, all right, whatever. But um, the most recent in the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl, in the Super Bowl, there was a St. Saint Louis, I almost called him St. Louis Rams. There was a Los Angeles Rams reporter or photographer who fell down, fell off the stage. And there's a, a video clip. Did you see that where <laughs> Matt Stafford was right there and like saw it? And Matt Stafford was like, oh, shit, he just my problem. A, I'm going ooh, the other way. He did a 180 and walked and, away. Yeah, but they are paying for her medical bills. You know, Matt Stafford is going to take it upon himself to pay since he kind of, you know, walked away, even though his wife went to check on her. Yeah, because he looked like an asshole. Yeah, but... <laughs> to be fair. The other part of that is, I guess, people raised over... $50,000 on GoFundMe for this person. So it's like, where's that money go? Like where, how do we conjure up just so much money for people in such a quick instance of things? Like I'm all for paying medical bills. I think it's a wonderful thing, yeah. but let's, let's figure out. It's just like, she didn't look like she had too crazy of a fall or anything. That's interesting. So we're talking about like a 10,000, $15,000 medical bill. Cool. Get it. But then when it's like, we'll pay for the bill, but then a third party comes out and it's like, start a GoFundMe, and they get almost like, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000. It's like, what is goes on with all this? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I did see, too, that uh, I haven't really looked much into it, but somebody, Elon Musk has donated like $6 billion worth of Tesla to fight world hunger, like to a variety of different organizations. I think that's pretty cool. I, I mean, think that's the stuff that's really cool. Um, it makes him like the second largest philanthropist to Bill and Melinda Gates when they started their foundation and donated like, you know, 98% of their wealth to, to that foundation, man, they're cool. an interesting thing. If people like those type of stories and those kind of happy stories is Shaquille O'Neal. You've seen, I mean, everybody knows Shaq is very generous and has done things like the Shaq clause and he does gives back, but Shaq has a, like a, like part of his addiction and part of a drug for Shaq literally is that he loves helping others and he loves that he's in a position financially to be able to financially just help others however he can. And he, so he literally gets off on his act of kindness daily is trying to do something kind like that for other people. And then being Shaquille O'Neal, the things he does is just, you know, insane. Like a recent one is he w went into uh, a jewelry store and, you know, cause he's got a line in there and there's a guy that was trying to negotiate or talking about how much he still owes on the balance of his engagement or wedding mm -hmm. ring. And, you know, that's just being in the right place at the right time. Shaq's like, I got it. Yeah. You know, put it on the card. Um, and just all sorts of things like that that you hear and what he's done with kids. I heard one recently where he just, it was like a random school down in like I'm getting this wrong, but like in Arkansas or Alabama or something in the South. And it, you know, word travels around to the right people of, oh, these kids don't have this sporting equipment and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, they all have all the sporting equipment, a PS3 or whatever, than the hottest, <laughs> right. you know. And I did, he, he did, he called his buddy at like Nintendo. And was like, I need like a thousand of these and a thousand of these and just, you know, That's awesome. get it done. It's cool stuff. I, I re, you mentioned Shaq. It's funny. I recently saw a deal that talked about like the different businesses that he owns. And it's like so random. Dude. It's so random. Okay. There was a 60 minutes deal on that. He's a G. Dude. So he owns, he knows how to, he invests, he buys ownership basically into everything he's going to do yeah. media and marketing on. And this is where, so he, like, he owns 17 Auntie Anne's, the, like, pretzel places, 150 car washes, 40 24-hour fitness centers, nine Papa John's. Wow. Um, he's got, like, some random one-offs, like, he owns a Krispy Kreme's and a, I guess, a movie theater. And then he's got his Shaq shoes that are, like, affordable Walmart sneakers that he sold over 120 million pairs of. 
It's just so funny how random that is to me. And uh, you know, what's probably cool about that is that a lot of those restaurants and things, the thing that that dude probably loves the most is being able to be a cool, be able to provide financially for his employees and stuff. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, man. But what what they showed on 60 Minutes was how Shaq is so powerful that he can basically, you know, see a company like see the was the general insurance or whatever and just basically you know hit them up look if one i'm gonna buy a percentage of this company and then i'm gonna do commercials and this is what happens when shaq does commercials because this is who i am and we're all gonna get even more so it's a really cool thing especially when you're sharing it right it's so funny because he does get into the most random stuff yeah and it's always like kids and the people that need it and not just more celebrities, giving more celebrity stuff. Yeah. There used to be a period where celebrities didn't advertise. Like you, you would never see a commercial or an advertisement with a celebrity. Like they would maybe do it overseas, but not in America because they thought it would like water down their brand or something like that. Mm. Um, it's actually relatively recent that they would start doing it, like in the last, you know, 15 years or whatever. Kind a of, dollar. Kind of Dollar bill does. Bro, I'd sell out in a minute. Uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> With contracts and stuff that you look, I mean, it's especially like in sports and things. And, and these guys talk about retiring, like Aaron Donald's like, hey, if I win the Super Bowl, there's a chance I'll retire. And you hear everybody just like, no, like he's young, you should play. Like, it's like, well, he's made so much money in such a short amount of time. And. <laughs> It's crazy what these guys are getting now. When guys used to play 10, 12 years in the league and maybe make, if you made $100 million, you were like the biggest of big time. Now they're making $100 million a year. (laughs) LeBron's making $45 million next year. Just, yeah. It's crazy. That's just off his. Just off the contract. Just off his contract. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, good on them, man. Get it if you can, I suppose. Uh, although there's a certain point where I think money makes you absolutely insane. <laughs> so there's, there's diminishing returns there. Somewhere. Yeah, definitely. It's cool to see people give back with it and do a lot of, yeah. a lot of crazy stuff with that. And, uh, you know, that's the exciting part, but then there's definitely an evil part of it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. It's, it's like well, food. Absolutely. Uh, you need it to survive. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But too much of it can start to the wrong cause kinds. a little, yeah. I love the uh, sort of the, the divergence of thoughts on that. You and I were talking about that this morning. I was texting you because I saw a little something on Instagram from somebody who is, uh, I'm just not going to name him because it just doesn't matter. Okay, oh, it's Gordon yeah. Ryan. Yeah. But it's funny because he's got like his uh, stomach issues that he's been talking about for a while. And, like his breakfast was, he had a few eggs on there. That's good. That's good. Um, had a pile of beans, which was fine. I mean, that's random, but okay. And then three bagels. <laughs> I was like, what? Three bagels? Yeah. That'd make my stomach hurt too. I don't know. I'm not sure what to even think anymore when I look at this stuff. I, um, I can tell you in a funny story. I might get some years wrong. It's been a while. But when Kevin Durant was with the Thunder and he had his ongoing little ankle injury, mm-hmm. Um, I was doing some part-time work where I, in the meat department at, at Whole Foods. And so I would see the uh, Thunder trainers all the time. And I had a decent relationship with the head strength coach. And there was a time when I got to talking to some of the athletic trainers. And I was, I was making my case was I watched these players, Steven Adams, these young guys come in here. And, of course, they're going to get some healthy things. You're in Whole Foods, but predominantly they're going to get some pizza, they're going to get some scones, and they're going to get all that kind of stuff. And it is what it is because they need calories and they can burn that shit off and all the above. It's not a problem. But I would start to think about it. I would just wonder. It's like, okay, well, if I own the Thunder and I'm essentially paying Kevin Durant 30-something, $40 million a year, like he is my prize piece to my organization, then during the season, and he's injured, I feel like, I would employ a nutritional staff to make sure that my ass, my 30 plus million dollar asset is getting the right type of food to maybe lower inflammation, help recovery, like any of those things. And that happens, but it usually happens more privately. And then it gets talked about and it turns into TB12. I mean, like 
Tom Brady took four years of making fun of the avocado ice cream. But if we really like look back at what it is, it's just somebody taking ownership and figuring out what works best for their body. So I always found it was like very surprised that most professional athletes, you know, the, these are the one percenters of one percenters anyway. So this whole like, what do you do to stay lean? And that, it, that conversation is in real world talk. These guys are are lean or muscular and fast and all the above. They're one percenters. And so they can pretty much eat what they want in their training and living such an active lifestyle that they burn through that stuff. The conversation is, could you potentially improve something, whether it be health markers, recovery, uh, joint inflammation? Can you re- could you improve something somewhat? And it wouldn't matter as much to the most of the people we talk to and most of the jujitsu people out there probably doesn't matter that much to you, but it certainly would if I was paying you $30 million, (laughs) you know, or if Gordon Ryan's case, you got somebody, the highest paid jujitsu practitioner of all time. Um, I think it's safe to say that probably now with how much stuff he's sold and and he's made more money in competition than anybody else. Um, but you're seeing somebody who's, become so popular is all over all social media platforms been on the joe rogan podcast talking about these stomach issues then what happens we know everybody and their mom wants to jump out and help because they heard it because then that puts them on the rogan podcast too we know this game works so he's been working with ways to wells who has been working with other people that i know and i'm i don't know like i'm not trying to talk bad about this company at all because i'm i'm a hunt i don't know and i bet you they do do some amazing stuff and i bet you they have a lot of really good teams but a team of people doing you know quality work but it's still just like it almost seems like a celebrity fest like everybody can i get my product to these people can i get a part of this train and and jump on and i really look back at it and i'm just like well you know the one thing that i have never seen gordon ryan do is I haven't just seen somebody come in and talk about like actively living a healthy lifestyle. We haven't heard him say like, I've really tried to work on my sleep. I've tried to work on, you know, improving the foods I put in my body to help my gut problem. I've, I'm trying to maybe change the way I exercise too, to reduce some of the stress and the guts. You know, there's all that shit actually does matter when we get past like the meathead level of things. And then it definitely matters more when the person is of actual like financial value for performance, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where it just blows my mind. We're, we're talking about somebody who makes a living with his body and many other athletes, many other people, and not wanting to do that fundamental, what seems like baseline health work. I don't know. <laughs> It's the, it's the way it goes. It's crazy. And it's one of those things also that more people are struggling with wanting to eat, have their cake and eat it too and not Mm -hmm. eat perfect. And, um, so I think everybody just kind of adapts to like, we'll let that kind of slide, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, look at it nowadays growing up. Not every parent would agree with that. This is a good thing, but there are a lot of parents that are like, look, I can teach you how to drink alcohol, you know, responsibly. You have a beer with your dad or something when you're 16, 17, and you start to learn, like, there's responsibility behind this. And it, was, it wasn't ever a bad thing. Marijuana would have been a bad thing. Do that in Oklahoma today, and you're giving them a health product. You know what I mean? So it's just like, and I think that the majority of society kind of stands behind, like, Let's not fat shame somebody. Let's not kind of shame them from eating a certain way. Let's not do that. And, and that's out the window when we're starting to talk about performance, financial gain. And these are our influencers. These are the people that are trying to educate us. Mm-hmm. Like these people are actually putting out workout products. Yeah. Because you'll follow them more than you're going to follow me. Like that's how it is. <laughs> and to me, it goes back to listen to people for the things that they deserve that credit for you want to you want to learn how to be an amazing no-gi grappler yeah absolutely study gordon ryan like he's the best Mm -hmm. i mean that's undisputed at this point um you know andre galvao's gotta try to say something about it this fall but i suspect we're gonna know what happens yeah um but you know he's just he's he's one of the greatest if not the greatest of all time um 
maybe not the person you would want to listen to for other things, right? I mean, he doesn't, he's not trained in strength and conditioning. So what, you know, he's not going to be an expert on that. He's not trained in nutrition, obviously. Um, so maybe we don't listen to him on that, but we, sometimes we get on that path of, because they're, they are an influencer in some category. We mm-hmm. listen to them on other things that they don't necessarily have yeah. experience for, right? You need a lawyer, come talk to me. You need a brain surgeon. Like I'm not going to be much help to you. You know what I mean? Like they're just different things. And so we just got to remember that, that, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's just hard. You get, you get kind of lost down that rabbit hole of, uh, it is. of people. And it then, is. And, you know, and these people do, I don't know, man, there, there's so many different ways to do things and there's, that's an interesting thing for people to kind of grasp. Like what I want to say is like, there's so many different ways to do things, but the number one thing that still is in relation with all these different ways is quality. Mm -hmm. And like the simplest version of the most quality in whichever way you pick is always, and we stack only when we can stack like that stuff makes sense. And in kind of in any field. Um, So I don't know. Yeah. Start to, we got to definitely stay away from from listening to some of these. I don't know, man. It's it's fitness too right now, and I've been doing a lot of like soul searching and a lot of like thinking of of what this like what this portal of like social media really is. And I was actually thinking the other day, and I had this really cool. I wish I had like computer creativity and made all those videos like people do, and uh, because. I feel like a little bit of my comedy side, like I've got some bits in my head. I'm like, if I could put these out there, I'd either be canceled or these would be great. And <laughs> canceled in a good way. But um, no, it's like when you look at this stuff, man, everybody's following like the same influ- like influencers nowadays talking fitness. When I look at each one, I started thinking, they all have the same thing in common. They have the exact absolute answer. They all look good. They all are not just fitness instructors. They're basically life coaches. Like we are here on this platform to, to help any of you CEOs, moms, dads, whoever really wants to learn how to do this thing called life. We can teach you. I got a quote. So fucked up to give to you. So give me, here's your, here's your meme that will guide you on the yeah. next steps. It's like, there's always something to, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. It is that, that whole, so when I, I watch a predominant fit, fitness influencer and he's got some great books, got a he's got a killer podcast, all this great stuff. He's good. He's a good guy too. But I kind of laugh cause I'm like watching it every day and it's like, is this what, do I just pull my phone out and just start Everywhere I'm at and every environment at, I can just think of the healthy things I can do. Well, and yeah. Do I just make you feel like shit all day? Because <laughs> I throw so much stuff out there, you're never going to be able to keep up and do it all. Absolutely. Like that's kind of, you know, you get lost and, and that's what they do. Like it's like, well, with his lifestyle, he can weigh up and do this form of nutritional routine. Go do five minutes of grounding. Do this, do this. Then he's taking books to the UPS store and it's like, hey, you know, work doesn't have to just be a chore. Like you can turn this into fitness too. We park over here and walk a little bit further and I'm carrying these boxes. And it's like, do we just do this all day, every day? <laughs> you know, because it, but that's the game. It is. That's what it is. That's out what there. it is. That's what it is. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. Don't feel bad. Nobody should feel bad. No. No, that's why I'm kind of weirded out by all this stuff because I actually am like more okay with it. Like I can separate myself from it now and I can be like, these guys deserve this platform and they deserve the ability to do exactly what they're doing and they're doing a really, really good job. And then I'm just like, but hold on. Like, how do we, how do we, how are you getting lost that deep into it? Slow down, step back a little bit, but we do. Yep. Man, so we've been talking for a little while, but, uh, as everybody knows, we took a little bit of a break there of the holidays and I got sick and you got sick and life got crazy. And so here we are mm-hmm. back in the, back at the arsenal now recording mm-hmm. a green strength podcast. What have you been up to since we've been gone? Man, I've, uh, well, recovering, training, uh, training jujitsu, getting my body feeling better again and in, in strength conditioning. And that's been like something that, uh, I, 
can't tell you how much I've realized, like how much stress and just like depression type fog that my injuries have been having on me. Like and I'm starting to to see that. And it's like, holy shit, man. Like that's can't believe not only was I blocking out how much I was letting it like bring me down of not feeling that well, but then living in that blocked out haze, it just keep, puts everything down more, you know? And, um, uh, and I think that's like, that's been on the message since day one here is like the power of like movement, man. And now that I feel better and I, I've enjoyed moving better, you know, for a while, People might not understand, but like a lot of the time, like, yes, I was consistent, ultra consistent, but like it was negative to start doing things. Like I had negative emotions, like, oh, I have to be absolutely perfect or I'm going to kind of aggravate this again. And when it aggravates again, that means it lasts two or three days here and that's going to affect my jujitsu, but I'm fucking going to go do jujitsu, you know, damn well, I'm going to be there. And so I'm like, and then I'm just continuing it all and I'm trying to be safe. You know, and I'm doing recovery. I'm doing, I hate the word corrective exercise. I just call it like rewiring movement. I'm doing all these things, but I'm also still being an asshole with a negative emotion and a fearful emotion. That's just like, that you don't realize how much is just, is beating your ass. It's like slapping me over and over in the face. It's like combat jujitsu mounted me, just slapping me over. And it's like, you're never really going to get out of this and push forward until you just kind of chill and let all this go. Didn't mean chill. Like I didn't take any days off anymore. I just literally kind of woke up one day and was like, today has to be the day that I attack and train my body the absolute way I should. Like I have to walk out of here with the right type of stimulus, the right type of feeling. And I'm not an idiot. I know exactly what that is and I know how to get it. And I know where I've been, uh, playing and so just doing that stuff is what like reinvigorates me because even myself and I've done this many times in this like almost 20 year decade of playing around in strength conditioning is I've hit rock bottom at times and I've been so amazed at how fast we adapt when we put a little bit of positivity in the environment back in so when I just started doing some very very small stuff just a little bit better and having that Nope. My focus now is feeling better, training better correctly. I'm not going to walk out of here bugging that thing again. I'm going to be smart. Dude, It like literally like a week is like, why the fuck didn't I do this six months ago? You know, because you, you adapt so quickly. And that's what I love about training too is I like watching that in other people is, you know, oh, that's so tough. Or, that's so hard. I can't do that. And it's like, man, you have no clue. You just, you put a little bit of belief and just a little bit of practice and you're going to come back next week and you're going to have that, you know? So that's kind of a long winded answer of where I've been. I've kind of been working on myself and, and thinking about that. And, and I've also been thinking about this podcast and like what we actually like want to do in this time. And, and it got to a, a point where it's just kind of saying the same message over and over. And so I really want to, to turn this something into, um, that can educate me and kind of uplift me more and like challenge me to, to read and look up things and, and just get a little bit more engaged and, and give more complete answers than the ones that matter the most. Yes. Eat real food, move and, you know, be here now. Those matter. But like, what, what do we do? How do we like with those when we're living that lifestyle? Like, where does this journey take us? And that's what I want to like really get into and um, kind of reopen my own mind in, into this stuff. I love like diving down these things, and and because uh, every time you go down it, you just learn something new, you know, and it just re it reinforms you of what matters. Um, so, man, I haven't been doing anything, just that kind of stuff, training everybody, trying to make sure you know we've got big Lovato going to the Euros this year, right this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that he feels good and and confident which is that's easy (laughs) move him around he's confident he's he's good he's not crazy like me (laughs) not a head case he does have the head game down i mean i mean he's got the head game down we might have a one doubt of fear he squashes that fear so fast yes 
and, and turns it to a positive. And so, and, and I know, <clears throat> I think the thing that's reassuring on that front is that I know that I'm not alone in being just absolutely bananas in my own head about yeah. just that, that confidence, that, that the things that I say to myself and how I just let some of that stress and anxiety in and the doubt and everything else that comes along with it. I know I'm not alone in letting that happen, but man, I, I've been putting a lot of study into how to deal with that. Uh, cause it doesn't go away. I don't think, but learn how to cope with it, deal with it, redirect it. And you almost learn it. how to use it as an, an advantage. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it, I think it does. And it's, it's funny how there's just almost like little tools you can use to kind of correct some of that stuff. You got to, and again, I've been listening to podcasts, reading books, everything I can on on how to deal with that. And there's a couple of little things that I've come up with that have worked well for me that I've taken from things I've read or heard or whatever. But because, you know, I think ultimately too, like it, it is a matter of experience. Like you flash back five, 10 years, and if you wanted me to do any public speaking, I was like, no, I'm not into it. Um, it makes me nervous. I get anxious. And now that's like my wheelhouse. I'm there. It does not bother me. It doesn't scare me. You could put me in a crowd of a thousand people or whatever and stand up and speak. And I'm, I'm comfortable. And that just came with experience. Um, you know, the more you do it, you get desensitized to the nerves of it and you learn to enjoy it. You get better at it and those kinds of things. And so, you know, we look at it now though in a lot of the context of like competing in jujitsu or whatever and how just it's funny how we can be like grown adults with stressful jobs and lives and families and everything else, but like going out to compete in a jujitsu tournament and we just crumble to pieces mentally. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's funny how we can get exposed like that. Yeah. Now it is, um, it's interesting, and it's interesting how we all manifest fear in different ways. Um, you know, there are some things that it's it's like this field, like street conditioning and stuff, man. This is what I love. It's what I've known. Like, I have no fear of having to to discuss this stuff with somebody. I feel like the majority of the things I know are pretty sensible and sound. And it's it's like a conversation that doesn't scare me anymore, but there are a lot of things that do scare me. And, and everybody's got this, those differences. And some, some people's are the physical stuff and, and the intellectual things are what they embrace. And it's just, I don't know, it's weird. It's back and forth. Um, but along those same lines of what we're talking about, we did have a, a had a question and I talked to you about this a little bit, but Let's think of the context of this question, too, because it goes perfect with what we're talking about. And the context of this is somebody I've been working with online, and it's somebody who literally is kicking ass, like is doing amazing. They are the ones saying, I feel good. Um, You know, I've got more cardio. Like, And not to mention this person has been committed and consistent and already given me whys at the start of this. Cause like the, the whys at the start of this were like, I'm in, man, I want to change my life. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be able to do the things that I love doing and I want to be able to do them for longer. So it's saying all the right things, doing all the right stuff, getting results, but still the mental head, that mental demon will creep up in you every once in a while and it'll start talking to you. And so I got a question from, uh, from this gentleman and said, do you have any resources for mental stuff? I have no confidence on the mats and worried everyone else is stronger and faster. And I fear going up against people, even though I know I watch my diet the closest and do the most strength conditioning plus studying videos, etc." So man, that's a, that's a big, it's a big question. Yeah, because there's so many like things we can look at in there. Yeah. And I think one of them that I want to touch on real fast is the even though I watch my diet more, I do the better training, the more training than these people, why me? And it's just like we got to end that fucking discussion right now because you are you and you're not going to be them. And the thing you need to rewire is what do I have that they don't have? You know, like what's my, to know that I have strengths that they don't possess. That doesn't make them any less, but don't look at somebody's strengths and just start 
tearing yourself down because you can't do that. You have shit that they can't do, and we just got to find that. And that's probably stuff you know. So first and foremost, man, we can never compare ourselves to the other people in there. And the sad thing is, especially what jujitsu teaches us, is who cares if you you diet and you're you're more strict and your metabolism is is worse off than them and they're genetically blessed. You you have an opportunity every time you get on the mats to beat them and you're capable of beating them. And that's 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 life. And that is this lesson right now, as we know in jujitsu, man. Like you're never out of the fight. Well, I think you've, every time you step on the mats, you've got an opportunity to to improve yourself because. Mm-hmm. And there are people, I mean, I've fallen into this trap where it's like, I'm never going to catch up to those guys. And you know what? If they're training just as much or as often as you, like you never are, right? Like they're always going to be, they're going to have more experience than you forever until they quit, right? And what you have to look at, I think to me, is comparing yourself to your past self. You know, I look back to the Jeff from six and a half years ago, day one, walking in, to the jujitsu academy. I look at where am I, where was I at then and where am I at now? One, I would beat the shit out of that guy. That guy would get tooled up by me and it wouldn't be close. But then I also look at physically, how am I? I mean, I'm much healthier. I'm at a healthier weight. I feel better. I'm stronger. I'm better in every single way physically than that guy six and a half years ago, even though he was six and a half years younger than me. I mean, he's six and a half years younger, and I would beat his ass. I'm stronger than him. I feel better than him. I look better than him. I'm better than him in just every single way. So how anybody else is doing is their own thing, you know? And if I'm going to compare myself to them, like there's, what, what is the saying? That comparison is the thief of joy. That will always do it. You are always going to take away the joy that you have. But if you can compare yourself to where were you a year ago? Where were you five years ago? And where are you now? Man, that's when I can like walk a little taller. I can flex in the mirror and think, oh yeah, you look good today. You look good today. When I wasn't confident about those kinds of things six years ago. I'm like, you have to change that mindset because again, and and, and be thankful. If you're on the mat and 75% of the room is kicking your ass, you're in the right room because they're going to make you better. Because I, man, dude, I think those first, especially like those first six months that I was in like the advanced class and I was getting beat mercilessly by everybody and they weren't even having to try that's not the same today because they've made me better and now there's guys that maybe i can do that too that come up new and i can do that to them but that makes you better because if you just look at it as like oh yeah i'm like the top two guy one of the top one two three guys in the room you're probably starting to get into being in the wrong room right there there's yeah if you've got those things and you're worrying about those people around you you know, not having to diet as hard and, and not training as much. And hey, wait till you step out into the ocean because you're never going to be, you know, better than there's going to be a lot of that going on. Man, that's. I think, too, if I can, yeah. one more thing here is that like you got to play the long game because if you're looking at things in the context of days, weeks, months, even just a couple of years, your timeline's too short, you know, because how much can we improve in one year? A lot, but still there's only so much that we can do in a year, particularly like this is a hobby, right? Like we do this for fun. Like this got to remind ourselves that like, we're here to have fun doing these things, right? When I come to work out, yeah, it's for health and all that, but I enjoy it. When I go do jujitsu, it's for fun. I do this for fun, not to stress myself out. That's where I go to clock out of life and and get rid of the stress. And so, but you got to look at that long-term Time frame. If I looked at how do I feel about myself over the course of one year, but when I broaden that out to five, six years, that contrast is so much bigger mm-hmm. because we're now looking at a longer timeline. And so how am I going to be five, 10 years into the future? And then maybe when we're all in our 60s, how am I going to be? And if those guys don't maybe change the way they're doing things, if they're in their 20s mm-hmm. and 30s and they're not treating themselves right and they don't change that by the time they're in their 60s, they, they may be in a much worse position. They're going to have to learn that lesson later yeah. and you're there now learning it. And so yeah. when you're there in the sixties, you're, you're still going to be on the mats and hiking and playing and all those other things. So you got to, you got to broaden that timeline too. You're embar- he's embarking on a healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. I mean, that's what said at first, like I want to be a better father. I want to be, you know, I want to age better. I want to do all these things. You're embarking on a, on a healthy lifestyle. So it doesn't matter if, Somebody is better than you in, ju- in the jujitsu room and they don't have to string train as much and they're not doing 
the amount of work you're doing on, on what? Healthy human eating. That's what you wanted. That's what you want your life to look like. If you can step out of your, yourself for a second and paint a picture of what you want to be doing on a daily basis and the type of foods you want to be eating and stuff, that's the life that you're creating and you're kicking ass doing right now. You can also look at it in the sense of like, they're not doing what you're doing. And of course they can beat you now in one sport, maybe, but like over time, like that's, that stuff can change. And it, it doesn't like, again, the winning doesn't matter. It's the fact that like you're doing something that is helping you and could potentially help you later on down the line when they might get into trouble. And that is a giant, giant thing. We've seen so many people who are like athletes all their life and, and they, they're hobbyists and stuff. And then they get in their forties and fifties and might have a heart attack or like something happens and slows them down. And they didn't have the years and the consistency of building that healthy lifestyle up to be able to help fight. They have to start then. So don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about yourself. I love the continuing to just be a better version of yourself every day. And I'm a big fan of the law of attraction. Um, and in moments like these, I feel like I had to do this in my little hiatus here over the holidays. When I'm down, I realize that my thoughts were too down too, and they're going to attract down things. The law of attraction, if I want to, I'll change the way I'm thinking about things, change the way I'm thinking about just my day, my afternoon, and every interaction from, from there on is different. So I... Uh, I don't know if you've got some some things, but yeah, I just like I want to I want to say first off, like to this person and other people that find themselves in a position like this, man, focus on the people around you who are in your inner circle and know you and are helping helping you, um, you know, fight the fight that you're fighting because that, that's like that's who ma- like that's who matters in the end, and those are the ones that that care for you and, and are going to be the ones that are going to help motivate you. So don't, don't worry about outside people, worry about your tribe, the people close to you and um, just give it your all. Yeah. I've got a, a couple, if, you, if you're looking for resources like books, um, there's a couple that I'd recommend. Um, one, there's a book called mind gym that I've read that had a couple of things in it that were really helpful. It's a sports psychologist that it's, you know, he relays some, just different things that he's learned and working with other athletes and stuff. And there's one in particular that has helped me with the anxiety before competition. And this is like such a stupid thing, but it has been shockingly helpful. And anytime I start experiencing that like strong, overwhelming sense of anxiety that comes before some performance, whether it's public speaking, competing in jujitsu, or even just showing, sometimes people get anxiety just showing up on the mat before it's time to roll. Right. They get anxiety, whatever it is. This little tip is, has, has been surprisingly helpful for me. And it's adopting a mantra in your head that you just repeat over and over to yes. stop the, the talk, the chatter. I'm going to come back to that, put a pin in chatter. <laughs> but um, the one of them that they suggested in the book was there was a guy who, and he just uses the word one. And that's what I started doing, just repeating literally over and over in my head, one, one. One. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. I mean, it, it could literally be meaningless. It could be something that does mean something to you. Mm-hmm. I've come to think of it as one is maybe first place, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. All it does, though, is it stops my head from those, oh, my gosh, what are we doing here? Like, wh- why did I sign up for this? Like, I'm all stressed out. I'm doing this again. Like, what if I get hurt? What if, what if, uh, uh, you know, all that crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And if I just change all that to one, one one get that breath it in stops there. it yep. stops it it becomes this mantra that is it just re it just separates you from from those thoughts the other one that i've recently learned about that was in a in a lot recent competition and everything and this has been so helpful is to basically take a, a third person or a second person view of yourself when you start having these thoughts. So you're literally having this inner conversation with yourself. And so it starts out, man, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm like, what am I doing? Why did I sign up for this? And you stop and you say, you say to yourself, okay, I'm noticing that you're nervous about this. That's okay. Everybody gets nervous. I'm noticing that anxiety. 
That's okay. It's just some nerves. Everybody gets that, but it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. You've done this before. You're going to do great. So you're like, what would you say to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, I'm noticing it. I'm just noticing these things are happening. It's okay. It's natural. It's normal. But I distance myself mentally. And this is like, listen, I'm not a psychologist, but like this comes from a psychologist. Right. Um, and this is, I've heard this from multiple that, that that's a, a, a tactic you can use to create some distance between you and your thoughts and you separate them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You separate your feelings out a little bit. You notice them, but you approach them from sort of an objective standpoint of how, like, how am I feeling? I notice that I'm feeling nervous. I notice that I have anxiety. I notice that I'm feeling like I don't want to do this, but, but I can at that moment then say, but you know, that's not right. Like you do want to do this. You're here for a good reason. You're here to get better. You're here to have fun, all those sorts of things. And it lets you just get control of it when those, those mental thoughts can really get a hold of you. So there's kind of, there's kind of levels to uh, self talk. Absolutely. Like I love, I love affirmations and that's just what a mantra is like having something. And I love just telling people, Hey, like sometimes you gotta, you gotta define your why, put it down on some paper, look at it and just, but the levels, like we were saying, the levels of this are, there are the times when you're emotionally down and you're beat and you're succumbing to it. And those voices are there and that strong, confident, no, look, just do it. Doesn't work. No. And then you've got to use these other tactics Absolutely. and stuff. That, Cause that, when you're, when you're happy and you're feeling it, it's easy to be like, stay, staying going, man. I'm about to fuck this up. I'm doing this six yeah. weeks. But when you hit that other side, man, you got to be able to turn to your toolbox. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, it's been a matter of self-exploration because different things work for different people. Yeah. Some people are just like, man, I just go out there and I just, I just get mean or whatever. And like, like that, that's not me. That's not who I am. So I can't Mm -hmm. adopt that policy of like, I'm going to go out there and get, get mad. I'm going to get mad as hell. And like, I just, just not, that's not who I am. So um, I got that from this book called Chatter by Ethan Cross, and mm-hmm. it's all dealing with that, um, the voice in your head, why it matters, and how to harness it. So check that out, Chatter. That's another one that I like um, that deals with that. And again, it sounds weird. Like these are, it sounds like these things are little gimmicks. They're tools that you can use that can help with that. Because I mean, just trying to say, well, I'm just going to be better about it. Like it's not going to work. Like no. you got to use actual tools. So. You got to use some tools. You got to find. You got to like create inspiration. Yeah. You don't just look for inspiration. You need to like put the right inspiration in front of you, put the intention into to it. And if you're going to bully any part of this, the, the bully part is just the I'm sick of these voices in my head. I'm sick of feeling like this. I'm sick of not being consistent, working out. And now it's time to get motivated to do the small or the real work. But uh, yeah, the big Big powerful motivation link gets you so far. You got to have a toolbox and you got to have a belief system and hopefully uh, others around you that you can turn to and talk to like in this. And I think that's what the cool part of just being able to ask the question is you get a little response right here. And it's, you know, we're not psychologists, but I guess we could act like one on Instagram. That's there you there's go. what we do in fitness. We, we can say definitively that you're not alone. You know, no, but we suffer from it. We deal with it. We fight it every oh, time. God, hundred percent, dude. And I mean, just thinking, I can't even tell you, like I was thinking about earlier, how scared I get like in competition and it's not just in jujitsu. Like it was even in like strength conditioning stuff. I'm getting so nervous, but I've, identified my personality. I've, I've figured myself out that like I work best in the absolute turmoil, chaos, the stress. I work best where it's, I've been pushed all the way and I have to walk out there and I'm nervous. Like I don't want to get on the mat. I shouldn't be here. I, I could not show up, but it's already too late. I'm in here and now everybody sees me and it is go time. But then when I'm out there, I get a never turn back type of thing that goes through my head and I'm actually able to turn that fear into an aggressiveness. It's, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a weird thing, but it was straight fear for the longest time. But that's the, it's the beautiful parts of being alive. And that's the part of, of being able to train and you being able to have teammates and competitors and guys that you're training with that have other we or other strengths that kind of, that, that make you feel weaker in a way like that's, 
that's also a good thing. Like you want that feeling every once in a while because then have that third party or that inner conversation with yourself and, so, and, and know that, okay, cool. Like I, I admire that in that person, but I have this. I'm strong in this way. And, um, man, that's just, that's my take on this is, is look, read some books, find some things uh, like Jeff was talking about, build a self-practice, a meditation type thing or what, just whatever toolbox it is. But the most important is just, man, know that this doesn't matter. The people that truly matter to you, the ones that are close to you and you got to be better every day than you were the day before. And you are doing that almost too much. So if you're listening to this, you've done a hell of a job. (laughs) And in fact, Jeff is one person that I've actually talked to about this person several times. And I've been like, dude, this guy wish everybody had this. Yeah. He's literally freaking out because I'm telling him to eat bad food now and he won't do it. Like, you know, he's, (laughs) he's doing great. And I think these concerns are, are something we all have and we're all scared and we all just need to, to believe in ourselves get the right people around us and stick to the basics and get good at them. Yep. The last thing I'd say is, is treat this as part of your training protocol, right? That your strength training, you're improving your nutrition, you're, you're training on the mats. And what do you do? You, you study outside, right? You look at other experts, you read articles and books and all these sorts of things. Yeah. And this mental aspect is part of it as well. That can be trained. It's not a reflection of who you are because you get nervous or down on yourself or anything. It's just a matter of that's an aspect that you got to implement training on. And so get it on there, make time for training that as well. Learn the tools that will help, help you harness that mind game, get control of that inner voice, uh, and just understand you are not alone. We are, we, I, and I'm a major sufferer of that. So would it be safe to say that mindset is almost more important than anything else oh, dude i mean I, I can yes so if i think of like some of the jujitsu matches that i've lost that i will 100 percent attribute that to my mindset not to my jujitsu not i didn't lose because i was worse than the guy i didn't lose because i wasn't stronger than the guy i didn't i lost because i got my own damn head and i wussed out is what happened yeah, but like even like when we get to see these world champions that we've been around, dude, we've seen guys who can scrap and stuff and they can scrap with these. But the thing that separates the best of the best is it's it's nothing. I don't want to say it's nothing in technique because there's obviously technical craft, but there almost is literally nothing in technique from 1A to 1B besides mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think that if if we all in our health journey or the strength conditioning, whatever my kind of world is that that we're talking to, I know everybody's first instinct is the physical to do more, work harder, start working out or, or whatever. But if everybody's real first step was to start working on their mind and kind of figure out who and what they are, their why, uh, a clear indication and in, in, in being comfortable with this is who I am today. This is where I'm starting. I can't change that. There's no supplement I can go get. There's no thing I can go get today. What matters is just be a little bit better the next day, a little bit better the next day. But when you get that mindset and you start to map out your entire, that holistic lifestyle or that whole, the picture of that healthy person of what you want, your movie, then the physical falls in very easy behind that. Hundred percent. So I, mean, I wish I would have learned that that way. I learned physical, and then I had to get mind to pull myself out of what the physical. And I'm st- I'm still learning it. And we are, man. Yeah. We're all we're going to be doing the the mindset practice for it. as we age. We continue till the day we die. Then that look at it as a beautiful thing because the fact that we get to keep changing and keep inspiring ourselves and keep pushing aside negative things that rise up on our head to put positive ones. And then hopefully we affect somebody that day. And then the next day and the next day, that's kind of, that's the journey. Mm-hmm. So, and, it, and it's good that, that this person and, and the rest of us out here that have, that we've recognized we struggle with it because that's when you can start to decide that you're going to do something about it. Laugh at it. Yeah. Make it your bitch. Absolutely. I and, mean, just and, make fun of it. Yep. 
Like what is like what is this thing? Yeah. I used to do a little tactic. I'll tell you a quick little story. Like my uh, my I remember my mother had a fence that was kind of torn apart and down, and it needed to be fixed. And keep in mind, this is in the the time when I'm probably in the best, absolute best shape of my life. And uh, man, I was fucking so consistent working in the gym all the time that every time she would ask me on the days that I actually had time. Like, oh, physical labor, like, oh, dude, sore, I'm tired. I just fucking deadlifted the house yesterday. Let me tell you about the volume I did. Let me listen to this impressive session. And I literally went out on a, I went out on a dog walk, and I was walked by the fence, and I saw it. And I lost my father when I was 17 years old. And so my dad, I started thinking, I'm like, dude, what would your dad say like if he could see what the fuck you're doing in your head thinking about this event? He would slap the shit out of you and say, be a man and use that physical exercise that you do and get over there and do it. And that's, that's something I know it sounds stupid, but I think about that all the time. You know, um, whenever I'm not where I feel like, quote unquote, being a man or like doing the work that all of us as humans need to do, I, I think about that. I'm like, would your dad slap the shit out of you and tell you to pull your shit together right now, he would. So get up and go do it. And I don't know, formulate whatever you got to do, but you find those sort of things and that's where we can always pick ourselves up. Absolutely. Coach, we've reached the end of this episode of the Green Stream Podcast. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's fun chatting. It's good. Uh, we've had some crazy weather in Oklahoma. I don't know if anybody else has had the kind of weather we've had. 70, 20, 70, 20. Like, every other day. Fake, <laughs> fake spring, and then real springs around the corner. It is crazy. But, um, no, if anybody's, if anybody's got any uh, questions, anything like that, definitely throw them our way, because uh, that's something we want to kind of get into and get a little deeper and give you guys some fun stuff. So. Absolutely. So go hit them up on Instagram at IV. Find them. Send a question. There you go. And we'll see you next time right back here on the Green Shake Podcast.